0: Network. Hi, this is Evan interact with the Freebroters Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. In this episode, the hosts review their works in progress and talk about some Kickstarters that are currently out for gaming tables. As well, they talk about a couple of different paint apps that they use and talk about the pros and cons of those. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of 40K Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is JF. Hello! And Ashley. Hi, guys. And today we're going to talk a little bit about gaming tables because with the collapse of. I can't remember the name now.
1: Geek Chic. Yes,
0: with the collapse of Geek Chic, we've seen some new companies spring up, and there's a couple of Kickstarters out there right now for a gaming table, so we're going to take a look at that. And as we're recording, Nova is starting and Games Workshop is doing a presentation, so we'll hopefully have some news about that for you as well. But as, first, as, <clears throat> as always, first we'd like to talk about what we've been doing lately. As far as the hobby goes, uh, I think Ashley's still been studying, but we'll check in with her to see if she's been getting anything done.
1: Ashley. Yeah, I got I got some I got some jean stealers painted.
0: Excellent. That's Worth about it. At.
1: Well so so I've I finalized my Tyranid scheme.
2: Oh it's, that's a it's, big deal. That's it's a...
1: Done. I've I've figured it out and I painted some jean stealers. So I, I accomplished something.
0: What are your, what's your color scheme? Like, what are the the base colors?
1: So, they're like, um, like a white flesh with black carapaces with teal and yellow accent colors.
0: Very cool. And so you started with some jean stealers, it sounds like?
1: Yeah, so I have a bunch of the old jean stealers from one of the box sets from a million years ago and the cast on them isn't super great. So I didn't spend a lot of time on those mold lines because I would have if even if I had doubled my effort, they still wouldn't have looked very good hmm. because they were just so miscast. But I don't want to buy new jean stealers yet. Um so I decided to start with them while I like figure out the like kinks and, and nuances of how I want the flesh to look and things like that. Um but what I'm doing is, you know, I, I see a lot of the tyrannids where the carapaces have that like straight line kind of um, accent color. I'm actually foregoing that entirely because I like it, but I don't love it. And I'm what I'm doing instead is I'm doing a sponge effect, so they're like they're like speckled. Nice. I'm still tweaking my technique on that, but the genes still are help with that a lot.
0: And that's good that'll be interesting too because if are you actually sponging
1: it Yeah, I actually yeah, using a so.
0: sponge. Yeah, and yeah. the no two will be quite the same with that.
1: Yeah, which I think is fun. And so yeah, you that's know cool. some of the, some of them I'm using a little bit more teal and some of them I'm using a little bit more yellow to kinda like vary them up a little bit. Um so I'm practicing on some of the little guys so that by the time I get to the big guys I kinda have a better hand and a feel for what I'm doing on them. And hopefully yeah, it turns that's out the way to go cool enough in my as it is in my head
0: (laughs) have you gotten to play any more games or too too much oh goodness no
1: no i i found a couple of hours here and there not consecutively um to work on the gene stealers but unfortunately with my exam coming up in a couple of days a couple of days um it's it's really down to the wire in terms of study so my my free time has been significantly limited
0: but you are going to nova for one day right Are you going to get to go?
1: Uh, It's not looking good. I'm a little bit behind on studying. Um, I told myself that if I was ahead or that if I was on schedule, I would go on Saturday. Um, that's not looking great. So, um, you guys will just have to wait and see. Um, when we record in two weeks, if I was able to make it because um Nova's happening right now. It's the first night opening night. Um And I still have no idea if I can go or not. So we'll see. We'll see what happens.
2: Well, I hope you get to go. Cause, yeah, definitely. You know, if only to say that you did.
1: If only I had been more studious. Oh, well,
2: story. <laughs> of but my that's heart.
1: kind of what I've been saying throughout this whole process, but it's difficult to spend six hours a day studying. Well, yeah, it just, I don't have it in me to, to do it. So that's how I got behind. And I did take a break to work on cheese dealers. Because you can't study all the time.
0: <laughs> Jeff, what have you been up to lately?
2: Oh, boy, Matt. I've I, been doing a lot. I did see some pictures. That you yeah, yeah. You, 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 um... So I have been going pretty much... Me and my brother have been going... As all in as we can with our busy schedules into the uh, Fate of Conor uh, campaign, uh, doing at least one game a week and trying to paint one new unit a week, which has been impossible. Um, I've I've tried a few like a few new things in my tyrannus. I've been basically I picked the tyrannus. This is what I'm adding because I already own a bunch of models. A lot of them were half painted, so I'm sort of pseudo cheating by finishing uh, units instead of starting fresh from fresh boxes, except for a specs that I did. Um, and I didn't quite finish it, like it's still missing a few highlights here and there. Mm. But I've been having, I've been having a blast, really. Um, one of the many things that I'm discovering about the Tyranids, and maybe I'm just wrong, maybe I'm bad, but I've been winning my games. Now, the dynamic of the games I've been winning go a bit like this: I start the game, and I whine a lot about things not going well for my nids <laughs> because a lot of them die. <laughs> and well, that's it's,
1: that's going to happen, right?
2: Right. No, exactly. And I, it's irritating even to me. Like I listen to the words escape my lips, and I go, "Man, I am. This is the worst person to play against." <laughs> and then it eventually like it's, it evens out and i've i don't want to say i've been winning consistently but i have been winning uh, i've i've won most of the games i've played against my brother most of these games have been sort of close like one of them i tabled my brother but for a good portion of the game it looked like he was going to win it's just that the game stretched on long enough that i was able to apply sufficient pressure to do this so i'm guessing that i need to get used to the fact that the Tyranids seem to be a late game army where they take a lot of damage but whittle the enemy down at the same time. And when the basically the the, the the vanguard forces of my army are dead and it looks like I'm doomed, I still have enough of my big punchers and the units I'm facing are weakened enough that I can finish the job fairly, fairly well. But it's it's morally difficult to see huge amounts of my army just vanish. Like not just not just the gaunt and the cannon fodder and, and the flesh walls, but like you, you know useful units. But I, I need to remember, like every time a huge unit like a, a hive tyrant gets killed, that's something else important that doesn't get killed. And as long as I keep control of the order of what dies, I can I can. Keep control of the battlefield, and that way I can eke e- out a victory. So it's it's been it's been fun. I've uh I've also done a lot of painting as far as my turns are concerned. I've got Harris packs. I've got some of the new Zon Oh, they are fun to paint, Ashley. The new Zon they are oh, a lot more I fun. Haven't than I haven't even finished
1: assembling be. mine yet because uh, I'm it's, a sucker. They're they're like half built. Oh, they're so cool! I want to buy more. Are they great? How do you like them?
2: On the battlefield, they are very bizarre because you can always advance them because you're not going to charge with them and you're not—you don't have guns, so you might as well always advance them when you need to move them. Uh, they're very difficult to position because the best thing you can do with them is smite, but smite you don't select your targets, mm-hmm. so you need to—you need to goof off a lot to position them properly. Hmm. Um, they're they're a bit touchy, but when they, when they actually manage to do the job, like when you roll a a smite and you have more than uh, four or more of those zoanthropes in there, and you're rolling two d sixes, mortal wounds, that can hurt a lot. That can make the difference between uh, between you know scrapping a land raider in one turn if you have enough firepower going into it and not doing it. So. Not, not to mention, I mean, they're psychers, so they also they can also uh, deny the witch and all that stuff. So they, they're very interesting in how you can use them as sort of leverage in the game. Hmm. But positioning is everything with them. Like you cool. you want to be sort of outside the range of their psychers, so they don't deny the, way, the, the witch, but you can still be within 18 inches of whatever you're trying to kill, but...
1: Yeah, well, it's, they're it's... they're pretty movie, so that seems it just sort of seems like you're they're constantly on the move, which is what you would hope and expect from them in, in the first place.
2: Mm-hmm. And but what's de- deceptive is that they only have a five inch move, but you can always advance. So right, right.
1: Yeah, it's 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 not as bad as it sounds on the surface because they can advance.
2: Yeah, they're I think they're going to become more powerful when we have access to more psychic powers. Because now It'd it be only nice, right. Yeah, because now with only three psychic powers and not being able to repeat attempts, uh, very often I wind up with psychers psyker, that could cast two two powers that just don't mm. because I've run out of powers to cast. So that that can be kind of annoying, especially when you're fighting some of the newer armies. I, I played against some space marines uh, with the new Codex and oof, that was <laughs> a revelation. So yeah, no, I have done that and I've also started working on a much larger tyranid because I started doing gargoyles and I figure gargoyles deserve to have a transport. I <laughs> did see the pictures you posted. Oh, it's so big. <laughs> My Herodon is big, is what I'm talking about.
1: I um I am waiting until I get some more of the big guys done before I start attempting to build that thing because good god it's so huge. I'm gonna to have to mm. pin so many pieces.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's intimidating, but once you once you start doing it, especially with the airbrush, it's it's so much fun just because of the size of it, and you can see the progress so quickly. It's, uh, it's when I'm when I'm gonna get into the details, I think it's gonna slow me down a lot more. But I'm very eager to finally have that on the table because I've owned it for upwards of two years. But then again, I've had my color scheme nailed for um, maybe a decade on those Terranets. This is an army yeah. I've been playing for a very long time, so I think I have a head start.
1: <laughs> I've only had mine for six months, so I've got some time to catch up.
2: Right. No, exactly. So, yeah, no, it's all, all in all, it's uh, it's been good hobby-wise. Um, even my brother has been painting a bunch of demons. I'm looking forward to some of the new stuff that's going to come out, which I'm sure we're going to discuss in this episode. But yeah, so far, Whew. eight edition, man. Now, are you and your brother
0: playing the missions with the the Maelstrom Award War missions with the cards, or just rolling randomly? Or
2: uh, we're playing the missions from the uh, from the campaign. Oh, okay. So that, that's the one mission uh, a, a week we do. One of these were uh, was interesting because we uh, used the uh, was it the the immaterium table or the Ethereum table? That weird table of random uh, buffs and uh, buffs and malices mo- that you get in uh, in one of the uh, I think it was the the Gathering Storm book. Mm-hmm. So we've been using that, and we had the we had the option of using that in one of the games, and we did. And it was just a blast because of how random things were. <laughs> so you're playing one game a week, typically. So far, yeah, it's one game a week just nice. because my schedule is a bit too hectic to do more than that. Yeah, because you're heading to Dragon Con this weekend. Uh, or, yeah, I'm, yeah soon as soon as we're done recording here, I'm finishing packing for Dragon Con so I can get, um, I can go to work tomorrow morning and then go take a plane. Very cool.
1: What about you, Matt? What have you been up to?
0: I've been playing a few games of 40K. My local store started an Escalation League. So it starts at 750 points, and then every two weeks goes up 250 points until we get to 1,500. Um, So I played a couple games in that. It's mostly, it's a lot of new players, so there's a lot of marine players. But there's still, there's somebody playing Tau, somebody with guards, somebody with Tyranids. I think just about every army is represented almost, and there's 23 people playing in the league in total, I think. So, that's good. Yeah, so lots of lots of people um, starting to play or coming out of the woodwork to try and get back into Eighth Edition that have played you know a long time in the past. So that's uh, been a lot of fun. I did go to Gen Con. I did sign up for a tournament. I did only play one round of the tournament. Um, it wasn't a bad. It was a good game I played against a Necron player, but it was going to be a long day. the The first round ended at. 11.30, and the next round started at 2. And it was going to be that like, for every round, and it wasn't going to end until probably 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and mm. once when I saw the revised schedule, I went and got lunch, and by the time I was some friends, and by the time I was done lunch, the next round had started, so I just didn't go back. But they had an uneven number of players anyway, so I don't... Like, I didn't screw anybody out of the game, you know what I mean? Like, there was... Um, an uneven number of players, so it evened out without me there anyway. But I did get paint on, I was playing Death Watch, so everything had to be, you know, three colors and base, so I did that and painted all there. At least got all the shoulder pads done, so everything's got, you know, these base coats on it. Um, So now I'm going back through to to finish all that stuff and actually get the army fully painted. So I'm looking forward to getting that done, and of course we have um, tons of new releases. From Games Workshop, the next codex is the Death Guard, which
2: um, sends shivers down my spine. Yeah,
1: I can't believe you guys didn't lead with that. I thought we were going to skip right over everything else and go straight into the Death Guard.
0: I mean, yeah. Um, (laughs) So the only thing we've seen so far, really, though, is the Marterion model, which looks awesome. Um, I understand... People have said he's like $140, which is a little, um, expensive, but... Uh, it's he, not But, I mean, he cheap. looks... But he looks like he's the size of a knight, which are $140 anyway. You know, so, I mean, it seems appropriate price for the scale of the model. Um, I don't know if I would even get one right away anyway, though. I don't necessarily like taking the big, huge, powerful guy, um...
1: I want to paint it.
0: Yeah, it looks really cool. Oh yeah, me too. Those
1: wings?
0: Yeah, those wings are great. They're so <sighs>
1: beautiful.
0: But we had don't know yet what else there's going to be for for box sets. I mean, they just did do a big uh some well, Chaos wait. demon stuff for Age of Sigmar.
2: Yeah, and there's there's the snail that people have divided opinions on. Um I personally like the snail. Yeah, I don't like how his eyes are painted, but I think <laughs> I think painted correctly, like many things, it it could look absolutely breathtaking. And I like that there's a there's a nurgling that's being used as bait for the snail and yeah. seems to love it.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it and we, seems to be good fun. And in the little
0: preview video, we did see what looks like
2: the new typhus model, probably. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. We also see some tanks in the background. Yeah, that are in the background of one of the images that look very big canony so to speak. They look very 30K, which is kind of cool. Yeah, they look really neat.
0: I'm excited to see what they actually are and, and what they do and how they work on the tabletop. Um, and that is coming up soon, and we also have... The Adeptus Mechanicus Codex, which I is, yes! is excited about.
2: <laughs> no, I'm perfectly calm. <laughs> oh, no, I'm of course I'm super excited. Um, I know certain things are going to disappoint me. Like there won't be any new models. I know there won't be because I want there to be, and that's not <laughs> how that works. Uh, but that being said, just the idea that they're folding in knights into the Adeptus Mechanicus for me, is super convenient because I have a knight that's painted and, and converted for Adeptus Mechanicus. I have well, two, I have about 2,000 points without the knight of uh, Exciterion, Adeptus Mechanicus, <laughs> just waiting for new and fun rules to play with. And I probably have another 1,000 points of unpainted models waiting to be assembled and added to that force. And if you could please Games Workshop add some kind of flyer or transport to that i will buy two of those minimum and add them to what i've got just because so yeah no i mean it's cool it's nice that they're doing <laughs>
0: that. i mean yeah, I, i'm
2: I, d- forward to it. I don't think
0: it's interesting that they're folding the knights in um, makes sense um but that might mean you know like what that. else
2: would make sense if they had access to the vehicles they build also, yes, very true. I mean, it, you, would well, think they, you would think they keep
0: some layers for themselves or something.
2: Well, maybe not. Like, I, I, I I, I'm willing to accept that everything that's, uh, that's earmarked for the Adeptus, uh, Adeptus Stardust, um, there's probably some kind of ancient decree with the emperor that they're not supposed to keep any of that for themselves. Yadi, yadi, and yada. But <laughs> the thing is I I see no reason why they couldn't have access to Valkyries. Yeah, because, true. Because I mean, no one respects the the the, the, the Astra Militarum anyways, especially not the <laughs> not, especially not the the the, uh, the, the of Mars. And I mean, okay, no new models, but we've seen some armies get access to models pre-existing models that weren't in their list before, like the Grey Knights. So, why not? Like that's all I ask for. I'll yeah, paint I'd, a couple of Valkyries.
0: And I'm sure they will. You know, like they'll they'll get something because, like you said, the Gray Knights got access to the the Storm Hawk and Storm Raven and stuff like that that they didn't have before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the
2: potato. Yeah, yeah.
1: All all goodies for everyone, all the time.
0: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. like within reason, but I mean, I don't think it's asking too much to maybe give us I don't know a Chimera Chimera and a Valkyrie. Just add that. I mean. the even even the uh, the tier the cults have access to some of the militarum stuff yeah that seems reasonable.
0: yeah, I think that makes sense hopefully they'll you'll get that stuff um, yeah I'm
2: look I'm not asking for a black star um, to be added. <laughs> I'll take it if it is yeah. that seems like you're I'm...
1: asking for a bit much.
2: yes <laughs> but I, I like that model, and I have no excuse to have one right now, so, you know.
1: I know. I just want to buy one. Like, I can't use it with my Neds. They can't pilot that. <laughs> it's totally unreasonable, but I still want to buy one.
2: It's such a cool model.
1: It is. Was it fun to paint, Matt?
0: Yeah, Matt, tell that us. That is So that is the tell first I. model that I'm actually finishing painting, so I am in. Oh, I am enjoying it.
1: it. Well, don't um, rub it in. It's so
0: cool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. So yeah, so that's our third, um, fourth, and fifth codex that are mm-hmm. that are going to be in September. So that means we still have five more before the end of the year. No, they're
1: gonna they're whipping them out.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and no inkling of of what we're going to get next. But and like I said, we said before, I'm I'm hoping we'll see you know the main races, so Charonids, Orcs, and Eldar codex. Um,
1: at least, at least some Xenos would be nice to throw in the mix.
0: Yeah, but uh,
1: Someone I, somewhere.
0: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if because they, I mean, they said ten before the end of the year, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are still rapid releases at the beginning of next year until all
2: the main books were out.
1: Yeah, that would surprise me as well if they didn't continue at that pace.
2: That that is, I agree. That's that's also what I'm expecting them to do. I think what we're going to see is that they're going to get rid of most, if not all, of the Imperium stuff before the holidays. And there was something that was said about the uh, 2018 being the year of the Xenos. So basically, 2017 put out all the Codexes for Imperium and Chaos stuff so that in and finish up the uh, the whole. Uh, The whole Gathering Storm storyline and how Mm. chaos changes, how the galaxy works. And in 2018, open open that up with like a bunch of updating all the the Xenos codexes and -hmm. giving us some Xenos focused storylines as to what's happening. How do the alien races of the 40K universe adapt to this new reality?
0: That would be great, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, we all on the show anyway agree that Xenos don't really get a lot of love, at least in the past. Except the orcs, which just seemed to be like if they want them to fight somebody, it's, it's orcs. I mean, orcs. Fine. Oh yeah, orcs are great. Uh, cool, so we will uh, keep you updated of any news we get as far as what's coming out soon. Um, hopefully we'll see... You know, of course we'll have all the new Death Guide models, but hopefully we'll see some new stuff for some of the other armies before the end of the year that they release. Currently... comics movies and more presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans the freebooters network trolls want to steal our community let them try but we're going to talk a little bit about gaming tables because we have a couple kickstarters out there right now. Ashley's backing one and JF is on the other.
2: No, no, no. I'm not backing any of these things. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I ju- thought you were. I just me point out. I just pointed He's... out that there were there was a second Kickstarter with a gaming table and they both seem to serve different prep purposes. But like Ashley pointed out, like the 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 one I brought up is maybe not in the proper price point for what it offers. Mm.
1: All right. I'm going to get I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you guys about this table. Go so I've been looking for a gaming table solution for a number of years. I, for a long time, did the two folding tables stuck together thing, which is terrible and I hate it. Because mm-hmm. um, you always have that that bump in the middle where the two tables meet and your mat's never flat. And, and you know, Of course, the tables were not manufactured by the same person or by the same company because I bought them at different times. So they weren't exactly the same height. They were like a quarter of an inch off and it was just terrible. So I've been looking at tables and I looked and thought really hard about one of the Geek Chic tables, um, but they were just out of my price range, and it sounds like that's not a terrible burden that I had to bear, considering that they are now no more.
0: Yes, thankfully they had not put a deposit on the Geek Chic table. Yeah, that would be and
1: bad. that yeah that would have been a bummer. But so just out just on Kickstarter this past week um, is the Table of Ultimate Gaming by Wood Woodrobot. And they have a very nice um, table selection that you can choose from. It comes in a uh, five by I'm sorry, three by five or a four by six. And that's the playing area. So the playing area is set in a little bit, and then it's got a an edge around it. Um, so the inside dimensions are three by five or four by six, and then there's um, a four and a half inch rail around the outside. Um, so all your mats will fit in it. Your, um, if you have like the Realm of Battle stuff, that those are supposed to fit in there too. Um, right now, it comes in three different colors. You can get it in birch, you can get it in gray, or you can get it in black. Um, they have a stretch goal to get it with, with a dark stain, which I'm really digging, and I may end up doing that. I was going to get black. Um, what I like about it is that it looks like a nice piece of furniture um, in addition to, like, being a functional gaming table. They have table uh, toppers that you can put on there to make it, like, a regular table. So if you're, like, doing a, a game underneath, you can cover it up and, like, use it as your dining room table if you want, um, which is how I'm going to use it. I'm kicking out my old crummy dining room table that's like I got secondhand, and I'm replacing it with with this much, much, much larger table. Um, It's a little bit pricey. Um, I'm going to end up spending about $1,000 on it after add-ons and shipping and that sort of stuff. But that's still significantly cheaper than some of the other kinds of tables that people were – that other people have made. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy getting to check it out. One of the really cool features that I like about it too is that it comes with power outlets on either end of the table. So you put the power outlet in it and you hook it up to a nearby outlet and you can plug in directly to the table. So it has two outlets and two USB connectors on either side of the table, um, which is fun for like when you guys are playing games and someone wants to charge their phone, um or if you do like um rpgs and you want to do like some effects or something like that like sound or something like that you can plug your little speakers in or whatever um which i thought was really neat and what's also really cool is that you can get these these decoration packs and those are a lot of fun so it's um there's like a panel along the side and then panels on each leg and they have a dragon themed one they have one that's a castle they have one that's skulls and they one of the unlocks that they did for stretch goals was a cthulhu themed one that is amazing amazing so i'm probably going to get the table in black with a green mat it comes with a mat um it's like the it's like the mouse pad um mats that you can buy now but i think they're a, just a teeny bit thinner so they're not as Heavy. You can get it in blue, red, green, and also maybe white. I'm forgetting now. Um, But it's it's really cool. It's going to be um, running until the end of September, so you have plenty of time to um, check it out. Um, We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, But if you guys are looking for a game table, um, I think this one's going to be really good. And they've been very responsive to questions and people were like, Hey, I want a green mat. I was one of those people. Um, So they made it um, part of one of the stretch goals was, was including a green mat. So now I can get a black table with a green mat and my life is complete. And what's really cool too, is that um, we're going to have them by the end of the year. they are going to start shipping at the end of the year. Um, They have about 600 backers now and I'm, Probably going to get mine like January because I'm a little bit later um, in the back. thing, I hemmed and hawed about it. I was like, mm, they're really going to send that money on a table. And the answer is, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so it's my Christmas present to myself and my birthday present to myself wrapped up into one.
2: One of the nice things I like about it is also that you get different heights for the table.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's really cool, too.
2: Because so you can, any, you can
1: have it as a coffee table height, a regular table height, or like bar stool height.
2: Yeah, and for, for anybody that's tall like me, playing uh, war games on a standard height table can be devastating for your back. So having the, the countertop height is really brilliant. That's what I use at home. I have a... I have a at basically a bar, uh, bar height dining table on which I put my, uh, my gaming surface. Mm-hmm. And that's significantly more comfortable than playing in any tournaments where the tables are so much lower. So that, that to me as an option, isn't, isn't just a luxury. It's a must.
1: And I, I thought really hard about maybe going for the coffee table height. Um, but it's just too big at four by six to be a feasible coffee table.
2: Yeah,
0: that's a lot of that's, coffee. That's a little big for a coffee table.
1: Yeah. So, well, I have a lot of space in my living room. For, like, I have a five by seven rug that sits between the sofa and my television, where that four by six table could absolutely flop on top of. The problem is, is that I'd only have about six inches of space on either side to walk around the table. So I was like, mm, that's probably a bad idea. Plus I have a dog and she would probably jump on it because she's naughty and she wants to find the food that isn't there or used to be there.
0: Now what's the depth of the inlay on the tables?
1: So the inlay is cool. It's actually, um, adjustable so you can oh. have um um i forget um exactly how it it went but you can do um you can do two different heights i think it was don't quote me on this but it was about one and a half inches and four and a half inches that okay. you could have it set down um they have a aha You can choose a shallow depth play surface of 1.5 inches or a deep play surface of 3.5 inches. Um, So for board games and things like that, I'd probably have it at the one and a half. And for wargaming, I'd probably have it set at the three and a half.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And what's cool is that it's adjustable so that you can just slide them up or down without having to take the table apart. You just unscrew the bolts and you can slide it up or down which I think is pretty neat. And if you're really a crazy person, you can buy two tables and you can uh, stick them together. So they're like sort of, they're almost modular. So you can um, like leave off the right side of one table and the left side of another table and stick them together and make a, make a massive table.
2: And even have an example of, of three tables on the, yeah. On the website. Yeah.
1: They they have the three by five stuck together, um, um, lengthwise, and then they have it stuck together longwise. Um, so you can have a super crazy like three foot by ten foot long table for I guess your like gaming banquet mega apocalypse games, <laughs> um, or a six by five table for whatever crazy insanity you want to do. Um, but I thought that was pretty neat that you could you know, sort of smash them together. I don't have the kind of space for that. Um, But if you do, it's an option you might want to consider.
0: Are you going to get any of the fancy accessories like the cup holders or? So
1: I, I backed for the most expensive pledge because I've got problems. Um, And that, (laughs) well, so I wanted, I wanted at bare minimum, the table and the table covers. And I was going to get the Cthulhu Deco set because, it's amazing. Um so for with all of those things, I might as well have just pledged for the most expensive one. So okay, it's 150 and,
2: bucks different, right? So you might as well Yeah. Just more.
1: Well, so it's um it's 110 to upgrade to the 4x6 table. Um at the higher price point. So mm-hmm. I I got that and that includes um four of the cup holders. So, hooray. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed about it.
2: Oh, it, it
0: looks like a really cool table. Yeah, I have I have a, a couple of friends. <clears throat> my they have a Geek Chic table and um, mm-hmm. you know, luckily they got your theirs before the whole the the company went out of business. Um, but I think that you know the market's really opened up now for these these companies that are looking at what Geek Chic did wrong because their Geek Chic table, right? They ordered it at Gen Con and they mm-hmm. didn't get it for two years. Yeah. You know now. Well and that's you're what's getting cool. These this... guys
1: were at these guys were at Gen Con last yeah, I week. Saw them there. And oh yeah, and um how yeah, you have to tell us how that was. Um but yeah, so they, they were Gen Con last week, they put it up this uh this month. It's going to fund at the end of the month. There's gonna be a two week period where they're going to have the um pledge time open so you can set your um, specifics so you can say, "Hey, I want this color table with these mats and you know the, these extras and whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to start shipping at the end of the year.
2: And so and let, let's, let's be clear. I mean, their their, their funding period is going to end in 28 days, but they they have almost. Exceeded their their goal by almost twenty times, so oh, yeah. they're good. They're yeah, they're is, doing well. Yeah, happened.
1: yeah. So they 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 pledged for they they wanted twenty five thousand dollars, and they're at almost four fifty now.
0: Yeah, they've got six hundred and twenty six so, individual backers right now.
1: They sure do, of which I am number four hundred and twenty six. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, because I I hadn't been hot about it for a little while um because it's you know it's a lot of money I'm trying to save for a house so you know a thousand dollars is like oh geez like that's money I could put on a down payment or it's money I could blow on a really awesome gaming table so I'm probably gonna have to spend two or three more months in my crummy apartment (laughs) because of this
0: table
2: you know it's a table that you'll be able to bring with you and
1: yeah they don't come with me exactly yeah into a room that's hopefully bigger than the one i have now
2: also your apartment is going to be that much less crummy for having an awesome gaming table in it um
1: you know maybe (laughs) maybe well it'll
2: make the gaming more pleasant yeah
1: well you mean the gaming that i can't do yeah i will (laughs) because 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 gaming is better than no gaming but by
0: the time that you get your table you'll be done with this your test for this year so you'll be able to do some gaming
1: i know i'm so excited i can't wait i can't wait to get all these dumb exams over and actually i might have to put i might have to push one of them into january i'm really unhappy about it um but we'll see how it goes
2: yeah because because eighth edition is worth it uh ashley you're missing out yeah.
1: I know I've only played a couple of small games and I just, oh, it's killing me. I want to unleash my, my, my horde onto the table. And the hive
2: mind calls your name.
1: Oh, they do. I have them sitting over there on my painting table. They're judging me the whole time I'm studying. It's awful. <laughs> you could be over here painting us and instead you're sitting over there doing math and alternative minimum tax. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I ask myself that every day. What's wrong with me?
0: I think the uh, the power outlets is an interesting accessory for the. I think that's nice
1: because of where I'm going to stick it. It's going to cover up two outlets.
2: Well, what's nice for me is as uh, one of the things that, especially these days, I've been reminiscing a lot about doing RPGs. And one of the things that I use for RPGs a lot is uh, laptops and, and and iPads to keep my notes i'll have all my information that way i don't have like a bunch of papers lying everywhere i keep everything organized digitally like a modern adult um but that's, having that's,
1: that's, that's awfully organized i don't know if i can uh, compete with that
2: well that's how i used to have it uh i don't know how i don't know how it'd be today hopefully probably better because i because of all the writing i do like i have to keep stories better organized so i've had to sort of shoehorn myself into being more of an adult about that but having having a a role-playing table first of all that is larger and more comfortable that way but also has an outlet so i can put my i can plug my laptop or i can keep all my my necessary Mm -hmm. electronics well supplied in electricity is a a good thing
1: yeah i like it um there's a couple things that people are not thrilled about. And the first of which, I guess the biggest complaint really is that people are worried that because the top isn't spill proof. And honestly, guys, get a tablecloth. Like, be for real here. Yeah. Like, they can't re-engineer the tops of these tables to make them spill proof in the amount of time allotted here. Get get a tablecloth. Like, it's it's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill me. And honestly, anytime that I using this table and I'm not playing games on it, I'm absolutely going to put a tablecloth on it because I'm a clumsy mess.
2: <laughs> I, I'd be, I'd be curious to see how the slots are because I have a feeling it would not take much effort to make those spillproof. proof.
1: Well, I think part of the problem is, is that the the tops are laminated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that may make some additional work and or finagling, engineering wise to try and get the like beveled edges or something like that to be laminated. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's, it's, th- you know, it's four pieces that go across. Oh, we also didn't mention, I didn't mention those toppers fit into the table. They slide into the table when you're not yeah, using them.
2: So you have a integrated so, storage for them.
1: So great. It's so good. I that's probably my favorite part about it is that they slide in so you don't have to worry about some place to stick them when you're not using it. because um, that, you know, store, storage is a as a commodity here for me. So anything that can store its own stuff gets props in my book.
0: Yeah, it's really cool the the gege table my friends have. They just, you know, it doesn't have storage like that. This you sort of have to take the the leaves and just put them off to the side somewhere. Mhm.
1: Yeah, I really like. I liked a lot of things about the Geek Chic Table, but it was just, it was too much money and it wasn't quite the aesthetic I was looking for. Mm-hmm. This one is a little bit more, I don't want to say modern because that's not what I mean, but it's a little bit more new. I don't know. I'm not sure the word I'm looking for is, but it, it fits more of my, my aesthetic choices.
2: It even... With deco packs, it's still slightly more minimalist than what you had with the geek chic tables. The geek right. chic tables were a bit overproduced, I want to say, um, and the price point for the geek chic stuff was just kind of ridiculous. It, you almost felt like you got—I I know they were probably like handmade, and this is more manufactured. So there's there's where you get your you know your difference, but getting a geek table didn't feel like a good deal at all. Even, even if you have the money, you still feel like you're, you still felt like you got taken advantage of it a little. Sorry to anyone who got a geek table. That's just the impression I got.
1: Um, yeah, it was just sort of like a, like a timing thing really for me. Like, you know, I wasn't in a place financially where I could drop that much money on a table. Um, and you know, a thousand tables, uh, Yeah, a thousand tables, a thousand tables, a thousand dollars is not a small amount of money. Um, But I'm thinking of it as an investment. Like, I would love to play more games at home. I love going to the store and playing games there. I do. But the closest game store to me does not have tables large enough to play war games. They only have games that you can play Magic on. The next closest one, closed. So the the closest one that I can play at realistically is 45 minutes away.
2: It's not convenient.
1: It's not convenient, especially because I have to contend with DC traffic, which means instead of being 45 minutes away on a Friday, which is 40 K night, it's an hour and 15 minutes away. And right. by the time I get there, um, a, I'm starving and B, everyone's already started a game. So unless I plan ahead and I'm like, Hey, by the way, I won't be there till seven thirty. Um, could you set up the terrain, please? <laughs> um, you know, so it doesn't, it doesn't work as well as I'd like. Going out there on the weekends for tournaments is fun and no big deal because it does only take 45 minutes, but trying to get out there for weeknight gaming sucks, especially because they do, like, historical nights on Thursdays. I like a lot of those games. I like a lot of the people who play those games, but it's just impossible for me to get out there. And I'm hoping that this will help me game more, because I can game at home. I can, you know, invite friends over. My boyfriend and I can play games together whenever he decides to put his Chaos Army together. Um, and I, that's, you know, that would be nice to be able to wake up on a Saturday morning and be like, you know what, let's throw some dice and put some models on the table. And, that, you know, that's the dream. It's a dream for me.
0: And $1,000 isn't out of the, the realm of of, you know, typical price for... A dining room table. I mean, you, that's that's yeah. what you'd probably spend on a set. But if you if you convert, you know, instead of getting chairs, you're getting the the gaming aspect of the table. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a fair price for for the table, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, okay. I was
1: looking at something to replace the crummy table that I have now, and a set was gonna you know hit the you know six to seven hundred dollar range yeah. from a furniture store for something of quality. Uh, you know, like like a hardwood kind of quality table. I wasn't going to go the Ikea route um, anymore. I think I'm done with that. Um, <laughs> well, so, you know, I love the glass display case that I got from Ikea. Yeah, I
0: have one of um, those. But
1: I, well, I got a fancier one that's got, like, wrought iron on it, and it's really nice. Oh, nice. It's it's way nicer than the – I used to have the Detolf, which is the one that most people buy for gaming, but it only has four shelves, and this one has five but it still has enough space for my Imperial Knight to stand up in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Unfortunately, it's too small for Smaug. Um, not because of the height, but because he's just too wide. Right, right. <laughs> um, so he won't fit in there, but just about everything else will.
0: Well, um, I found with that so I, with that four-shelf one from Ikea, the, mm-hmm. um, I just went, or, I mean, I found, I haven't done it because I haven't needed to yet, but... Uh, there's somebody actually did a there's an article online about putting more shelves in there. So mm-hmm. I found a place where Oh I yeah, get, like,
1: you can absolutely yeah. do it. You can you can um you can definitely add more shelves in there um but i i i I didn't want to do the work so i bought these new (laughs) ones and and you know it's they're they're nice i have one on either side of my television so it's like a nice like kind of like whole setup It, it looks pretty cool and um they're full of miniatures so that's nice too um but some of the some of the like the wood furniture i've gotten from ikea hasn't been long lasting um the the drawer on the desk that I bought two years ago is a skew and sticks, no matter how many times I go in there and fix it. Um, it always somehow becomes a skew again later. Um, and you know, so I'm kind of done with like their like wood furniture. Um, I'm over it. So I didn't want to go and replace my table with something from there for a little bit cheaper. I was looking at like a, a real furniture store for real adult furniture, like my sofa, um, which is like my first like real adult purchase when I, moved mm-hmm. out on my own. I bought a real sofa. Um, and so I was thinking about buying a real table and it was, you know, I was looking in, you know, the six to $800 range for a set, Sure. Um, you know, with, you know, four chairs and a, and a, and a rectangular table. Um, you know, I'd rather spend a little bit more money and get this beautiful monstrosity, um, which will be big enough to play games on. Cause most of those tables that, you know, you're going to buy for your dining room are not going to be sized, for 40k, they're just they're just not quite the right dimensions. They're you know they're like maybe a by li-
0: three usually.
1: Yeah, they're usually five by three. Um, and unless you want to spend significantly more money, but I don't have space for anything bigger than that really. You know, without rearranging my entire living room and evicting my favorite chair. Ah, oh, my favorite chair. I've just have, I'm going to have to sit in that chair a lot more <laughs> before I just to get some extra use out of it before it has to go but I'm going to replace it with a great table. Um, I don't really need any chairs for it right now. Um, I've got, you know, we've got computer, you know, chairs at each of our desks um, and a couple of spares that we have when we have guests. And I think I'm just going to leave it at that for right now um, because, you know, my apartment's too small to have like eight people over regularly, so I don't, you know, need, you know, chairs too often. Um, but it would be nice to you know pull the table out into the living room a little bit um and because I'm kinda it's gonna live kind of in the corner and work as a dining room table when we're not playing games on it, and then when we wanna play games, we're actually gonna pull it more into the room um, which not ideal, um, but again, I don't plan on being here forever, so it'll work as long as it has to work. yeah,
0: so that is what's called the ultimate table of ultimate gaming, right? That's yes, table X-Men. of ultimate gaming. And Jeff actually brought up a different Kickstarter that's going on right now.
2: Yeah, this this one is nowhere near the luxury of the other one. It's claim <laughs> to fame is mostly that and what brought it to my attention is I live is I live in an extremely small apartment. Um, I have no living room. I don't own a couch. I mostly have a studio and a kitchen. And right now, the setup I have is fairly good in my kitchen. I, I have a, I have a table, a very high table, on which I can put some some uh, some boards. And the boards I've designed them so the they lock together flush, so I can put some uh, some realms bows on there and play my games. It's it's very comfortable. But I was I was curious when this popped up in one of the many ads that I get here and there, and it, because it's a table that folds into something about the size of a. a of a round ball when you put it away, and it's got its own transport bag. Now, unfortunately, like one of the one of the tables does seem to have the proper format for wargaming, but the way it's design doesn't seem to be exactly proper for it. It has these dividers. this is seems to be made more for gaming. But I, I was taking a look at it and looking at how it was built maybe as as an option, not necessarily for me, but just as something to for people who, like me, have a small apartment, don't have the option of having these large boards and a cool kitchen table like I do. The only thing that is kind of – this is a kind of product that would be great maybe at a lesser price point, which is the biggest problem I have with it. Um Right now, like if you want to take have a look at it, like it doesn't have many of the the awesome features of the, the table that Ashley's getting. um what it's got like it's got what the's got customizable like playing area. there's one of the things that's kind of interesting, depending on how you build things is that the entire surface is magnetic. So you can have accessories. You can if you really want to be um, I don't know, I, I don't want to say, if you want, really want to be anal about it, you can probably glue some magnets to some of your terrain and have it not move. So that's good, I guess. I don't like. I'm having trouble seeing the advantage for wargaming, but I think someone more creative than me could probably come up with something. Um, so it's basically it's called the Game Anywhere Table uh, by Transforming Designs Inc. on Kickstarter. They've also met their Kickstarter goal, so I mean they're fine. Um it's worth taking a look if you're looking for something that's either more portable or something that you can just put away in store. Like if you're um I'm going to go into cliche, but let's say you're married to a dude that does not game and does not want anything to do with gaming and does not want to replace your kitchen table with a gaming table. Um it's it's a nice option to have something that you can pull out and play and then put away and hide it from your, your non gaming non gaming husband.
1: That was actually some of the, the the conversation on the comments of the Ultimate Gaming Table or Table of Ultimate Gaming because some people were like, hey, guys, listen, um, I can't get the okay from my spouse because it doesn't match the rest of our decor. Uh, can we, like, get, like, a dark stain option maybe because the options were, like, a light stain or, like, the natural wood, which is really light because it's birch, um, the black or dark gray, and I get that like that's not gonna match everybody's decor. So they're like, hey, listen, you guys got to help me out here. I'm trying to con my uh, significant other into agreeing to this. What can we do about other color options?
2: Yeah, which is I, I think is something that's getting more uh, more important when talking about gaming in general. Is that, and we're seeing that in a lot of the accessories. It, I mean, we've been paying a lot for gaming for a long time, even back in the RPG days. Like, if you wanted to get all the freaking D&D books or all the Vampire Masquerade books, you were running hundreds of dollars. Now we're, we're right. wargaming, we're buying paints, we're buying compressors. It's the same thing. Like, we're spending a lot of money on hobbies. And, but we've, there's, there's up until very recently, until Geek Chic started putting out their highly expensive uh, tables... There was nothing really to help integrate all of that into day to day life. So it's really interesting, very refreshing to see these kind of things happen, these these sort of innovations start to filter down. And now that now that we've had Geek Sheet, it sort of broke the ceiling on what people could try to develop, now we're seeing more varied and more affordable options for this. And that's that to me is is really exciting. I think I'm more interested in, because I, for the time being, I don't need a, a replacement table, so I'm shopping for these on a very academic level. Like, I'm just looking at, oh, what what's happening in the world of modern gaming for adults that actually need to integrate that into their lives? And it's very cool to see, at the same time, two Kickstarters for different gaming tables with different purposes.
1: We live in a golden age. That's I mean, that's the bottom line. There are options on top of options. So no matter what you might want for something, there are options everywhere.
0: There was um, and I can't recall any of the company off the top of my head right now. <clears throat> but at Gen Con, there was this company that made very similar to the ones that you're the ones that you were talking about, JFB um, Game Anywhere table. Um, it wasn't quite as Portable, but it was layovers that would you could put on top of your existing table, and they had something that sort of locked them into place. But it created a, a four by you know, six they... surface that you could put a mat on top of to play. I on.
1: think they're on Kickstarter too. I think I remember seeing something about that or something really similar. Yeah,
0: I, oh, maybe it was that the Kickstarter was starting soon. Like it might not have started yet, but mm-hmm. uh, it just seems like with geek chic gone all these other guys are jumping in now which is great because like we said geek chic was they were very you know they were handmade tables but they were at the very you know top end of the the price range so now you got a lot of different stuff out there yeah and i
1: i appreciate that you know by buying a table i don't have to trick my dad into helping me make one (laughs) because that's what was going to happen um you know, my, my dad owns a machine shop and he's a woodworker and an and um electrical engineer by trade. Um so he when I was growing up there was always this if you can dream it, we can build it kind of attitude. Um and now that I'm an adult, my dad's really regretting that because there's all these wonderful things that, you know, dad, we could just make it. And so he's gonna take time to help me with all these crazy projects. Now this is one crazy project we can wipe off the
2: list. You must be very glad for that. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So, guys out there, check out those Kickstarters. I'm sure we'll see more coming up. Um, and they both, both of the two we just mentioned do end at the end of September. Studios, in time to, to take a look whether you're looking for a whole new table or a topper for your, or actually, sorry, the port, or more portable solution rather than an actual fixed piece of furniture.
1: And there's something about that one hobby,
0: that one period in time, that one thing you love. You might get some funny looks, rolled eyes, or even ignored when that one subject comes up. But if you're looking for a place to enjoy that thing, and a group of people who love that thing just as much to share it with, then we'll welcome you on a Geek
1: Nation tour. Visit us at geeknationtours.com and let your geek flag fly.
0: Uh, I have not seen anything coming out of. NERWA. I keep
1: F ing and nothing's nothing's happened yet. I got my eyes on Twitter. I got on the community page. I got the Facebook page up. I am, uh, I'm ready, but they're they're not There's ready. For me. They're not ready for me yet. So, the the first session started about an hour ago. So hopefully we'll have something soon. They may have a second session. I'm not sure.
0: Well, looking at the event details, it's a three hour event.
1: What the what what? Yeah. Oh, so they did something similar to Depticon, where like the the seminar was the first part, and then we got to do the demo of Shade Spire after. Yeah. So maybe that's probably why it's it's slotted for so long. They'll probably do a demo um, afterwards. I can't imagine that they would talk for three hours. That seems unfair because they've been on a plane for so long. Um, but they did they did um they did announce um well I guess it was last week. The Citadel Paint app.
0: Oh, yeah. You Did you said, guys hear about that? Uh, I saw the link that you put on our Facebook page. I actually haven't quite looked into well, it yet.
1: Unfortunately, that's kind of all the detail we have right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, they said that it's going to come out in September and it's going to help you paint like a pro. But we don't really know what that means because um, they haven't really released any details on it other than to say that it's free. And it will be like having Duncan in your pocket, um, which is delightful, but also weird.
0: So Um, I I could see it as an app where... And this is – like if if I could scroll through and I could say, okay, Blood Angels, then it takes me right to the video of Duncan painting Blood Angels.
1: Yeah, I imagine it will have some integration with all of the videos that they've been doing, which I think would be great because they have such a library of them now. It's getting hard to sift through them when you want to look for something. Um, When I was working on my gene stealers, I was trying to find – a white flesh tutorial and all i was coming up with was like caucasian skin tone tutorials and i was like no i mean white like the paper (laughs) like like light like nothingness like like dead flesh white so i started having to look up like zombies and things like that um and it was a little bit harder than than i was hoping um but i I really like to see it have that sort of Integration with stuff that they've already been putting out because I think that would be really nice.
0: I think it would be great too if, like, if I clicked on, uh, let's just, like, Death Watch, Corvus Blackstar, you know, and they tell you in the video all the paints, they go through what they're going to be using, mm-hmm. but if that list just came up, that'd be swell. And if you had, if it was a, uh, like, a checklist that I could keep track of all the paints I have.
1: So, speaking of a checklist of all the paints you have, I would like to segue to an app that I already use that does exactly that.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: It's it's for Android only at the moment. I don't know how long that'll be true, but it is only an Android app, and it's called Paint Rack. And I've been using it for ooh, maybe two years now, and it is the greatest. So it has a library of all kinds of paint manufacturers They've got all the Citadel paints, P3, Vallejo, Reaper, um, Scale Colored. They have Secret Weapon in there now. Um, Andrea, if you can think it, they probably have it. Um, I know they added Forge World recently. And the way that it keeps track is is that you can scan the barcode on the bottle of paint, and it'll add it to your list. So you can use, there's a free version, and then there's like a $2.99 version. Um, In the free version, you can scan each one individually. With the paid version, you get the rapid scan. So I looked at my paint list and I said, Jesus, I have a lot of paints. Um, So I paid $3 to get the rapid scan and I scanned all like five or 600 paints into into it in about two hours. And um, I'm not proud of how much paint I have. It's, uh, it's a problem.
0: Oh, well, um, you know, you never know when you're going to need one of your 36 shades of blue. That's what I tell myself anyway.
1: I have, like, probably, like, more like 46 yeah, shades yeah, of yeah. blue. Um, but, yeah, so, well, it's nice because, if you know, I'm at the game store and I'm like, oh, shoot, do I need this paint? You know, do I have this paint? Ooh, this color looks nice. I can look at the app, I can scan it, and it'll tell me if I have it or not, which is cool.
0: So there, there but, is, I'm sorry, I, uh, iPhone does have an app called Paint Pot, which is it's mm. not free, it's 99 cents, but it, it looks like it's the same thing. So it well, does this, is, have...
1: this is called Paint Rack?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Paint Pot app is the same type of thing, like I can see that oh, you can stuff it has all the I'm different not, ranges not a, stuff. I'm not
1: but... an Apple person so yeah. that all beyond me. Um, but in, in addition to the library, which is, you know, where you keep your stuff, it does a cool thing where you can purchase it online from an online store. Like they have links for that. So if you're like you want to buy a paint, you can. They have color tools that are that are really cool. So if you if you're like, hey, I really want to paint this model yellow, you click on the paint tools, it'll show you complementary colors from other ranges, analogous colors, colors so you can create a triad, or colors that are similar from other ranges.
0: Oh, see, so that's what I was going to ask, because yeah, the biggest it's got thing for me is, cool like, stuff. if I'm standing there looking at Vallejo paints, I have, to, and I know that I I want, let's, I don't know, blood, blood, blood Red, whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have to go and find the conversion list that somebody did out there that says, okay, well, no, Citadel Blood Red is this company's Sanguine Red.
1: Yep, you don't have to do that. So... You know, if you want, if you want like Reaper's blood red, you click, you can, you can search for it by name, blood red. Um, and it'll tell you complementary colors. So, in fact, I just pulled up blood red by Reaper on the app, and it's telling me that complementary color from Citadel would be Temple Guard Blue. Um, which I have, (laughs) haha. And it has the air paints in here as well, apparently. That's pretty cool. Um, It's also suggesting from Citadel Skink Blue. Uh, But if I go to P3, it'll suggest Meridus Blue. If I go to Reaper, it suggests Spectral Glow. And you can just go through and, you know, you can see different ones. And it shows you on each of these which ones you have and which ones you don't. So you'll know if it's a a paint you already have or if it's a paint you need. So if you're looking for a complementary color for your Blood Red, And so, like, for example, it suggested Verdegree from Vallejo, but I I don't have that paint. But if I scroll over to Games Workshop, I do have the Temple Guard blue. So I can use that as my complementary color, which is really cool. And it shows the color that you selected as a background against the colors that it's suggesting for you. So you can see what it would look like with them, which is pretty cool. It also does the triads, which I think is really neat. Um, It's suggesting um, Zerus Purple and Moot Green, which are both really good colors that I use a lot. Um, And the the last feature that it has that I think is really great – oh, it also has a wish list. So if you're like, oh, shit, I want to get this paint, you can stick it on your wish list so when you go to the store, you don't go, oh, wait, what paint did I need? Mm. Because that's me. That's me all the time. Um, But my favorite, absolute favorite part about it is you can create paint sets. So, you can log what colors you used on what parts of your minis in here, so I have two sets that are saved in here right now. The first set is my sons of Horus mm-hmm. um, I have their their armor set actually is the only one I have in here because everything else they're they're ninety nine percent armor, so I just left it at right, that right um. But I also have my Splinter Fleet Hylocks in here, which is my Tyranid scheme. I've got the colors I used for the carapace, the colors I've used for the flesh, and the colors I've used for the wings. So in six months, when I forget, you know, what color did I use for the flesh or how did I how did I get that that effect on the carapace, I can go back in here and I can look at what I did. So you can, you know, you have your set for your you know, you see your army and then you can do different subsets and you can add as many as you want. You can add notes, um, to help you remember. So, you know, for example, for these guys, I'm using mostly P3 paints just sort of accidentally. Um, and I'm using uh, sulfuric yellow and Meridus blue on the, for the yellow for, on the carapace. And then Thalmer black obviously is the base for the, the carapaces. Um, but I can add a note that says, hey, sponge those colors onto the uh, black. Okay. I'm not going to forget that. But if I, you know, if I were going to um, or, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I use a, a specific kind of technique, you know. So, you know, maybe on the wings, you know, I might want to say, you know, hey, I used wet blending here, not too brush blending or something like that. Because sometimes, you know, you sort of get all your techniques mixed up and whatever. Um, but to help you, you know, re-achieve that effect later, you can add notes to yourself to remind you um, what you want to do. I used to do all of this by paper, and then I would lose, you know, the notepad or whatever that I had it on. Um, so <laughs> this is nice because it's on my phone and I can't lose it. But it's a really, it's a really cool little app, and... Um you know it's you know you can use it for free they have tons and tons of different manufacturers now um that you can use them on and that you know you can use, yeah, yeah I you can use it for free or you can pay 3 bucks to get the full version which was totally worth it um I know people don't like to spend money on apps a lot but this one was worth it just for the rapid scan so that I could scan my whole collection in all at once yeah um that was that was pretty great because Oh, boy, do I have an unfortunate number of paints. Like, I don't even want to admit it.
0: (laughs) Well, I feel like if you don't have an unfortunate number of paints, then there's something wrong. Doing something wrong? Well, it's it's like you said. I mean, that's why these apps are so great. Because every time, you know, you go to the store, you're like, oh, did I need this color? Well, Mm -hmm. I can't remember, so I might as well get it just in case I need it.
1: Well, and I really like, too, so... I'm looking at the app right now, and you can select what manufacturers of paint you want it to display up front for you. So when you go in and you look at your library of paints, it shows you by all. And then if you swipe to the left, it'll show you by each manufacturer. So they have, let's see, I don't know, two dozen different manufacturers of paint that they have listed in here. I only use paints from about six or eight of them so I can just unselect them and they won't show up in the main library anymore so like a couple of these I've never heard of before Um, but like for example like I don't have any scale 75 paints I've heard they're great but I need more paint like I need a new another hole in the head. So I've been shying away from buying new paints from scale 75. So I just unclick that and it doesn't show up in the app anymore for me. But I can always go back into the settings and reclick it, um, and it'll, it'll show up. And it's been, it's been really nice to help me when I go to the store and, and I don't know what, what paints I need. It's also great because when I run out of something, like null oil, for example, I can go into the app, click it again, and it'll it won't have it in there, or I can just add it to my wish list as a way to remind my stupid self. Hey, girl, go get that paint. This is what you came here for. This is what you need.
0: Yeah, so these apps are, are pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see what the Games Workshop app has in it.
1: Yeah, I'm really curious to see what kind of of things it's gonna it's gonna be able to do. I would be really surprised if they didn't have some sort of integration with their paints. Like, I'd be super surprised. Um, oh, wait, there's a new feature. It'll even tell you how many pots of that paint you have, because if you're a freak like me, and you accidentally buy five, <laughs> um, you can you can tell it how many you have. That's a new feature. You're
0: not being a freak. You're preparing for future use.
1: Yeah, sure. Because cause you need 12 pots of Sterling mud.
0: <laughs> you never know.
1: Uh, yeah, apparently I don't. <laughs> because i have so many
0: so they did tell us um when they put up their original article that they would have more information next week which actually is this week so i assume it might be one of the things that they're talking about during the uh presentation they're doing right now so
1: Ooh, maybe i haven't hit f5 because i've been talking so let's see what uh oh wait what is that oh that's a warm Hordes thing
0: <laughs> wrong show
1: well, it's uh it's it's on Twitter, so I just got like real real excited all of a sudden. But no, unfortunately there doesn't seem to be anything else happening yet. They're making us wait. Oh, I hope they don't make us wait three hours. I'll be asleep in three hours. <laughs> I'm too old to stay up this late.
0: Well, tomorrow morning you get to see all the all the news.
1: I always really enjoy when they do Forge World events because of the time difference. I'll wake up Saturday morning and it'll be halfway through their day there. So I wake up Saturday morning to hundreds of awesome pictures of cool things that right, they're right, coming right. out with it's pretty great
0: alright well we will let you guys know I guess in our next episode what the, the big news from Nova was um, hopefully we'll have some more info about this paint app because well they said they give us more this week so we should be able to see what's the going on the week's almost that. over, they're slacking yeah, not too many days left in the week but um, please reach out to us on Facebook or the Free Buddhist Forum let us know what you're working on what paint apps you use? How you keep track of your paints? Uh, that the app that I was just talking about, the Paint Pot one, doesn't look quite as in depth as your Paint Rack app. So hopefully that'll come over to iPhone soon. But I mean, if you out there use a, a nice index card system, let us know.
1: Um, Is that what you do?
0: No, no. I just, uh, but I'm sure somebody out there has index cards with paint splotches on them. So I just always like seeing how people. Organize their own hobby stuff.
1: I, there's always like good and interesting ways to come up with these things. Like everyone's, everyone's so clever. I can't, I can't handle it.
0: I always like those threads on forums that pop up once in a while. It's like, send me a picture of your hobby area.
1: Oh, I am. <laughs> oh God, I, 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 am so embarrassed to send pictures of my hobby area anymore because it's so messy. I uh,
0: it's. It's you clean it up and it's neat. Then after about an hour worth, hours worth of work, it's a mess. You know, it's just it's just Fifteen the way minutes. Works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was being generous with the hour, but. And if you're thinking about joining the Geek Nation Tours Adepticon tour for 2018, head over to geeknationtours.com, check it out, and sign up now. Space is limited. It's a great time. We'll be there, so head on over and sign up now. But that's gonna do it for this episode. So we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhas Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhas Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhas Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. And cookies.